we're continuing through the book of Hebrews. Now, today, we're going to look again at, because uh, we looked a little bit at Moses, but we're going to look at Jesus and Moses. Now, why look at Moses? It's kind of like after I kind of read the passage and went back, I'm like, why are we kind of landing on Moses again? And I was thinking about a couple experiences. Like this week, I saw, I was watching a volleyball game, and um, somebody did, anyone play volleyball? You know, the, the jump serve? I saw a terrible one and couldn't figure out what this person was trying to do. So, I, you know, then you see a good one and you're like, oh, that's really good. But then you see one that you're like, oh my gosh, that's really good. And you kind of, just the, by comparison, you see something. It's a, it, the, the same is true with wrestling. A lot of times I would teach, you know, as, as a coach wrestling, I teach a move and like kids just aren't getting it. And like, I'm a visual learner too. And, and so I have to, you know, if I see it, then I'm like, oh, that's what we're trying to do. You know, and I, I remember, you know, it's like, you know, that exploding double, and okay, no, my nose. Uh, <laughs> or football, music, you know, maybe sometimes you, you, you kind of, you can't quite get a song to someone plays it or a great painting, you, you know, you, you kind of see it done. And, and so once you've seen something good, then you can tell good from bad, but, but I think when you've seen something that's good, then you're even more impressed by the better one. You know, the excellent one. You know, you watch somebody play high school football, you can see some great plays. You watch someone in the pros, you're like, oh my gosh, that's an amazing catch. And so understanding Moses as an example of faith helps us see what a life of faith is, but understanding Moses and his place in the bigger picture of Jesus and the life we have when we put our faith in him uh, it just, it kind of brings it up a notch. And so we're going we're gonna to be starting in Hebrews chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says this, it says, I'm going to read the whole passage, because this one I kept getting, you know, I always say get lost, uh, you can't see the forest for the trees. There were all kinds of trees, and so I want to take a, an overview of the passage, because we're going to get lost in the trees, I promise you. Uh, but hopefully we'll come out of the woods at the end, right? Anyway, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 3, starting verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. For he was faithful to God who appointed him, just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses, just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. Uh, Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. Uh, so breaking it down. Break it down. Uh, <laughs> Hebrews uh, verse 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to, to God and are partners of those called to heaven think carefully about this jesus whom we declare as god's messenger and high priest for he was faithful to god who appointed him just as moses served faithfully when he's entrusted with god's house um and so and this is kind of linking back last the last message it was last week we talked about um you know that, that jesus was our merciful and faithful high priest and uh you know that in our relationship with god is different because of jesus and you know eventually again we're going to get to hebrews 4 which is probably the more famous of the high priest uh passages uh it says you know since we have such a great high priest who has entered heaven jesus son of god let us home hold firmly to what we believe this high priest of our understands our weaknesses for he faced all the same things we do yet did not sin 
And so we're looking forward to that, that, that high priest thing. And our relationship with God is different because of Christ. He's been there, so he understands. We have this high priest, you know, the high priest was, you know, was over the day of atonement where we'd be forgiven of sins, the representative of God. You know, and Jesus, ultimately, he provides for our atonement. So if you're in Christ, your relationship with God is completely different. And then a lot of this stuff here applies. It says he, in Hebrews 3, it says here that Jesus uh, is the messenger and high priest. Um, now, that's reading the New Living Translation. How many people read different translations? It's okay. We've we got a little New King James here. And, you know, I'm going to guess. Are you an NASB guy, Bob? NIV. Oh, I was my second guess. <laughs> you know, I, I, used to, I used to really like the 84 NIV. I didn't like the 2011 as much, which I know I've, I bore you guys <laughs> with things like that. But, but, you know, the different translations, some of you, does anyone have a translation that says Jesus is the apostle? Anyone? No, uh, I'm sure someone does. You just don't want to say it right now. <laughs> but it's just kind of, I kind of want to address it because it's one of those words you kind of get like, what the heck, Jesus is an apostle? Like, like, isn't he, you know, is it, aren't those like the 12 dudes that hung out with Jesus? Aren't they those the apostles? And, and, and so uh, if you read that word, don't get confused here. It's not saying that Jesus is like the same as Peter, Paul, and, and Mary. No, that's, a, that's a band. Peter, Paul, you know, the other apostles. Uh, you know, here's, it's an interesting thing because we translate most Greek words when we read the New Testament. They've been translated for you, uh, you know. And so, you know, uh, periodically I get like, you know, messages after church, because, um, you know, sometimes I'm here, I'm finishing up a few things, and I'll be like, hey, what, you know, people like, what Greek word is used in that passage you used today for this thing? Some of you are, like, nerdy like that. Uh, shout out to Lee. <laughs> and so, and so we'll be talking about, you know, usage of everything, but, you know, most people, you know, if you're into that, that's awesome, but most people aren't into all that thing, and that's okay, uh, but, you know, when we, we, read, we read most words in the New Testament, we're reading the translations, right? And so earlier we read brothers and sisters, and, you know, I didn't say Adelphoi, right? Because you're like, what's an Adelphoi? <laughs> well, it's plural, actually, you know, but uh, and here it's translated brothers and sisters. Um, but here, the apostle is one of those words that sometimes when, when it shows up like here, for some reason, translators, because of kind of what apostles are, they, they just kind of leave it as is. Uh, and so it's, it's actually from apostoleo, uh, you know, and, and the idea is a sent one. And so a, a messenger, a sent one who has a message. And, and so it kind of gets translated here in a way that might trip you up to kind of throw you off, but now you know. <laughs> you know, uh, and so, you know, there's like big A apostles. There are, you know, people like, you know, Peter was an apostle. Uh, you know, you know, uh, Paul was an apostle, and then there's also people who have apostolic gifts today. That's a whole nother story, and we can argue and debate some of that stuff. <laughs> uh, but, but here, it's just the idea is Jesus was sent to proclaim God's truth to us. Now, I probably spent more time on a footnote that some of you have in your Bibles than you needed, but now you know. Now you know. That's there's a TikTok. Anyway, <laughs> brothers and sisters who belong uh, to God, uh, and we talked about this. You know. We're, we're, we're adopted into God's family. Uh, Ephesians 1.13, and, and now Gentiles have also the truth, the good news that God saves you, and when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. And, and so when we're in Christ, you know, uh, we're adopted into the family, and we're, you know, we're marked. He identified you. ESV says sealed. 
Uh, and I was picture, I was like this week I was at the, some of you know the well um, up in Hokessen. Uh, anyone go to the well up in Hokessen? Oh, it's a great place. You, if you're ever up in Hokessen, you should go to the well. It's a cool coffee shop, great barbecue. Oh my gosh. I had their vegetarian pork. Um, no, it's one that's not vegetarian at all. <laughs> but it was good. Um, but you know, we, we were getting coffee and my, um, my, my friend wanted to grab some coffee for, he was grabbing some for his son and everything, and they had like these fancy coffee bags, and it had like a wax seal on it to show it was like, it's like the genuine stuff. You know, it was marked, and you knew from that seal, like that, in the old time, you remember the letters, anyone remember ever seeing that? It's like a, a leather, uh, like a, a wax seal, that's kind of, it was right on the coffee, because it was like, this is marked, this is, you know what coffee that is by the seal. Now, I can't remember the name of it, uh, <laughs> But I didn't buy any, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> I don't need any more coffee, right? Uh, but I was drinking it up there. I was drinking a great uh, Burundi. Uh, anyway, <laughs> coffee from Burundi. Uh, and so it's sealed. Or, or, or I think of, you know, I think the NIV, getting of Bob and some other people who read, you know, it says marked. And, and I always picture when, I, when we're, it says we're marked by the Holy Spirit, Toy Story. Everyone, anyone see Toy Story? If you haven't seen Toy Story, that is so sad. Um, we should remedy that right after this. We should watch Toy Story. But in it, it you know, it's, there's, you know, there's a scene, it basically, you know, uh, the little boy, like, he, he writes Andy on the bottom of, like, his Buzz Lightyear. Like, he's marked. It's his. And there's, there's, a, there's a different relationship. And so, you know, we're, we're marked by the Holy Spirit. And if you're a believer, you know, the Holy Spirit comes inside, lives in you, and you've been marked. You know, you're, you're gods. <laughs> and so it says we're partners with those called to heaven. And I was, I was thinking of this, this phrase came to mind when I was um, studying this week, uh, you know, partners of those called to heaven. And I just kept thinking about, and I remembered where I'd read it one time. It was, the phrase is a long obedience. And there is uh, and the idea is this, this, this long-term faithfulness to what God's doing, and long-term faithfulness to, to, to living this, this, this faith out. And there's a guy named Eugene Peterson, who I occasionally mention, because uh, uh, he, 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 he wrote a translation called The Message. He did some cool stuff with Bono. Uh, I, I, we've posted that video a bunch of times, and yet every time someone's like, I'd never seen that video. I'm like, how many times do I have to post a video before everyone sees it? Uh, but, but, you know, in it, uh, and it was interesting. I was reading, a, I was going to read the whole book last night, but I didn't have time to read it last night. Uh, and it's not like a book you kind of quickly read. It's one of those I think you have to you have to think about and ponder um and but apparently I was reading some of it last night and Eugene actually stole it from Nietzsche uh, <laughs> uh so Nietzsche beat you to it uh but <laughs> but he but he, he he credited Nietzsche he's okay he footnoted but but he and I, I don't know the original context I really wanted to dig into it but I was like I just ran out of time I, I spend way too much time researching the history of a quote and how it was used, and, but it's just the way I'm wired, so forgive me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, however it was used originally, uh, Peterson kind of grabs it, and the idea is, you know, just this, this uh, you know, a long-term faithfulness. And a lot of the spiritual life, it's been said, it's not a, you know, sprint. It, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's more of a marathon. It's, it's this long-term faithfulness to life. Now, somewhere, I still have it on my desk, and I, I have, like, my 
field day ribbon from like the second grade. I know you're thinking that's sad that you have your field grade uh, day ribbon from the second grade on your desk. It hasn't always been there. There was some, you know, attic problems with a tornado that I won't mention. <laughs> and so we've got stuff, we're sorting it, and I found it, and I've, I've held onto it so long now you can't get rid of it. I've thrown away a lot of my trophies from like stuff when I was you know, an adult and did, and you know, it's like, whatever, take a picture, here we go, shuck it, I don't care. But it's hard to throw away like your, like the little ribbon from field day at Alan Freer. Um, anyone else have a, their ribbon still from, oh, one more, no, one person, not from Alan Freer, because he went to Dover, but <laughs> got the D high crowd over here. Uh, <laughs> oh, we got some back there too. Uh, we got D high people everywhere today. Uh, they're everywhere. They walk among us. Anyway, <laughs> but, um, what was my point with that? <laughs> you know, uh, you know it, it's more of a marathon, not, not a sprint. You know, and, and faithfulness to God is the, this marathon. And there's a lot of opportunity to be faithful, but there's also a lot of opportunity to, to veer off. And um, I went to a funeral this week, and it really, I'm not going to tell you all the details, but, um, it, but it was like a great funeral. Um, now, I know that sounds odd to say it was a great funeral. I mean, it's never good. It's, it's always painful when people pass, but it was the kind of funeral where, like, it was someone who was just faithful to God, and it was like, a, it was a joy because, you know, ultimately, they're, they're with their Savior, and there's this joy. I do a lot of funerals where I'm not so sure about things, <laughs> and not so sure about how things work out, um, and that, those are more awkward, <laughs> but, but it's, I, I love this idea. I'd hopefully, some, well, someday I will die, you know. I, I don't know if you knew this, the death rate hovers at around 100%, right? And so eventually, you know, I always say, I always joke, I have all these things I want at my funeral. I want candy up there and everything. And, you know, because, <laughs> you know, oh, they're sad, but oh, there's candy. I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll have five guys or something. At my... yeah. That was a strong yes. <laughs> it's like you're kind of hoping I go this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> awkward. But anyway, I hope that, you know, when I go, there, there's the, you know, people can look at my life and go, man, that's, that's someone who was faithful to God. Because I know people who kind of shipwreck their faith along the middle. But there's this long obedience to what it means to be a part of, of Christ. There, this, this part, you know, we're partners with those called to heaven. We're, we're, we're supposed to, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we belong to God. And, and so there's this long-term obedience that, that we need uh, to be about. Now, it says here, it says, uh, you know, uh, uh, that we're supposed to, you know, think carefully. Um, it says in the, in the, in the NLT. Uh, now, if you, if you look at the NIV, uh, you know, it says, you know, fix your thoughts on Jesus, I think. Um, you know, I think the message says, take a good hard look at Jesus. He's the centerpiece of everything we believe. Uh, and, you know, it's this idea, you know, if you want to know more of what God is like, we look at Jesus. Uh, and, you know, here's, I, I was, this, this is like a more pondering message. I, I was pondering a lot this week. I was thinking. Uh, some of you are like, it's good you think once in a while, Jeff. But I, I was thinking, um, uh, you know, what do we consider every day? We consider a lot of things. We think about a lot of things, right? But if we consider Jesus daily... It changes your life and your focus. Uh, because, you know, <laughs> contemplating Jesus is life-changing. Now, we had the men's retreat yesterday. It's an annual thing. Uh, we don't put it on. It's either in Pennsylvania or Maryland. alternates. It kind of got messed up. Um, last year, they didn't get to do it. And so this year, it was in Maryland. Um, so we've, we've done it a record two years in a row. 
but with a middle in the, in the middle. So it's not really a tradition, but it feels like it's a tradition. Anyway, look forward to going to next year. Um, I, <laughs> but it, it's funny because, you know, most men, okay, and ladies can testify to this, right? Like, if you're both walking to the car, most men are like, what? They get to the driver's seat, right? Met, m- a lot of us struggle to be the passenger. Like, every time we go on a road trip, I'm like, yes, Denise, we'll split the driving. And unless I'm, like, out cold sleeping, I'm always like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm, like, falling asleep, drinking coffee. I'm good, I'm good. You know, I, it's, it's a man thing. I don't get it. It's wrong. It's psychologically broken. I probably need therapy. I get it. But, <laughs> but I'm a dude. It's what we do. Now, it's funny, though. Men's retreat, except for, you know, Gertie wanted to drive. Nobody wanted to drive. Like, they're just like, it was like, it was like laziness. Like, people are bartering. Like, I will buy your meal if you drive. Uh, You know, it was was like a weird thing. I don't know if it's all men's trips. Well, I'll I'll let you know next year because it'll be our third year, not in a row. Um, But, uh, but but it's interesting because, you know, uh, I'll let men, you know, someone else unpack that. But, you know, it's interesting when you're the passenger in a car, like, it's a different experience, right? Because you're driving, what do you, well, you should be focused on, you know, like, things in front of you, other cars, you know, and again, it's like a game, like, we're trying to pass all the other ones, and that's why we hate stopping, you know, because, you know, then everyone, you work so hard to get ahead of them, and then now they're passing you. I'm always like, I'm gonna stop, I'll enjoy a nice lunch somewhere, and then I'm like, I get all the way there, and I haven't stopped, and, you know, even for coffee, that's how bad it is sometimes. I pack my own now, I'm thinking ahead. Um, but, you know, there's something about when you're, dr- when you're the passenger, like, you can kind of contemplate things a little bit, right? And sometimes, I think, in life, we, we're kind of like the driver. We're, we're moving ahead. We're, we're looking at everything we got to do, and we miss the contemplation, if you will, of Jesus. Are, 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 are we thinking about Jesus? Are we thinking about how he can shape our lives? Because I, I think sometimes we just, we don't consider him because we're just so focused on other things. And I think sometimes, you know, even the weekly thing, the church thing, is this time to recenter, refocus our lives on, hey, are we considering how Jesus fits in um, with, with our daily lives? Now, yesterday, men's thing, uh, we went to Five Guys, which I mentioned earlier and got a very strong reaction, especially uh, even some of the women. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, so I had a small heart attack. Uh, <laughs> Um, but no, I, um, you know, I overindulged, which you expected, right? Like, you're not like surprised by this, like, oh, Jeff overindulged at five guys. I had the large fries, which is like not only a big cup, but then it's like three scoops after they put it in the bag. And some of you are hungry right now. You're, some of you are Googling where five guys is. <laughs> Because it was it was wonderfully beautifully greasy. Um, now, <laughs> I uh, there's <laughs> a whole other sermon I'm going to leave alone there. Because <laughs> there's like certain sins we'll, we'll allow in the church. Like I'm sitting here telling you about my gluttony, and everyone's tracking with me, right? Like if I said I was an adulteress yesterday, you'd be like running me out of here. <laughs> I'm telling you about my gluttony. You're all like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me join in. Uh, <laughs> whole nother sermon for a whole nother day <laughs> we'll offend every american there <laughs> anyway <laughs> after my small heart attack no i i actually i have not eaten since five guys i don't even know if i'm going to eat lunch today 
right? I mean, it's like that amount of grease. I mean, one, it's enough calories for like a whole day. And then it's like enough grease for maybe two or three days. Um, but um, <laughs> here's the thing. Eventually, though, I need to eat again, right? And I think sometimes like we treat church like five guys. You binge, you get your Jesus, and then we kind of don't think about it for another week. Now, you wouldn't go to five, well, maybe you'd go to five guys and not eat for another week. You, you probably could live on that. <laughs> um, I heard they might get one in Camden. Is that true? No. No? Oh, phew. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you, know, you, you, you kind of wouldn't binge on anything else and then not eat again for the week. But sometimes we treat church that way. We, we, we binge on Jesus, and it's good. To, you know, it's, it's a good buffet. It's not like five guys is probably you know, going to lessen my life by several years. But, um, but you know, and, and it was interesting on Twitter. I've been getting more on Twitter. Um, I also get disgusted with Twitter because everyone just gets really offended at everything. You know, it's like, more like fretter. You know, they, they like to fret and argue about all kinds of stuff. But, it, but it's interesting because just random people, you see their tweets. I'm not even sure why. Uh, somebody la the last night, they're like, I don't know why I'm seeing this tweet. I'm like, well, you're tweeting that to Twitter, but Twitter just shows you stuff. You could just not, anyway. But <laughs> it was like confused people on Twitter, which was just fun to watch. But on, someone tweeted a picture of, and, and maybe some of you will remember this, because this was like, you know, 90s, 2000s, I think, when it came out, the one-minute Bible. Anybody remember that? The one-minute Bible. And I... I <laughs> The idea is that it broke it down into like, well, some of you remember, yeah, I, I'm getting nods here. But it's like, the idea was like, it was like, it would take you about one minute to read something. I don't know if you're just reading Jesus wept every time, I don't know, because uh, the shortest <laughs> verse in the Bible fits in there. But here's the thing. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of laugh because, you know, it, it, I guess it's better of one minute of the Bible than no minutes, right? Like, you know, one is greater than zero, if you don't know your math equations there. But, but, but I kind of wonder, sometimes it's like almost like it's made it like too easy to kind of think you're getting something, but not really contemplating Jesus. B because it's like they make it so bite-sized, I just wonder how, and again, I don't have the one-minute Bible. Uh, if we had a used bookstore, I'd go look for it today. I could probably see what's in it. But um, someone once said, uh, seven days without reading the Bible makes one week. See, it's a bad pun and a truth, you know, because you're thinking W-E-E-K, W-E-A-K, for those who can't spell, didn't miss that. But you know, is a minute enough to, uh, to consider Jesus? You know, and we live in a world full of distractions. And those of us who tend to a little to the ADD side understand, it's like, oh my gosh, I get distracted by everything. What's that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Some of you looked. Uh, you know, and I kind of feel like sometimes like I'm in a pinball machine, right? Like it's like big, 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 big. Yeah. Some of you remember pinball? Like it was this big machine and there was a metal ball that went around. And some of you have played it on like, you know, a digital version of it. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, ping pong, uh, not ping, now I'm saying ping pong. See, that's how bad I am. Pinball, <laughs> you know, you, the ball kind of bounces around. And I, I think sometimes our attention and our thoughts bounce around like that. And, and we struggle to really contemplate and consider Jesus and, and how he fits into our world. Now, we live in this world of distractions. How many of you have received a text since I started preaching? <laughs> Some of you text me while I'm up here and I forget to turn it off on the iPad. 
and I'm like reading your text, but trying to not read your text. Um, you know, I, I, we used to like, we used to film it off my phone and people would be calling me and I'm like, you were in the service. Why are you calling? No, uh, you know, it, it's hard, but we get, we get, you know, if you didn't get a text, did you get an email? Some sort of notification for something on your phone. And it's like, there, there's these constant distractions. And so it is this fight in this world to really to, to focus our attention uh, on Jesus. In a world of distractions, we need to be careful to set, a time, uh, set aside time to consider Jesus daily. Verse 3 says, But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses, just as the person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house is a builder, but the one who built, the, who built everything is God. Now, uh, house, houses are beautiful, right? Like, you can have a beautiful house. I saw a picture today. I actually screenshotted it because it was hilarious. It was like, I don't know why it's advertising rehab places to me. Uh, <laughs> maybe they found out about my gluttony problem. I don't know. But it was like beautiful rehab places in Delaware you wouldn't believe exist. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, on a giant lake surrounded by mountains. I'm pretty sure that doesn't exist in Dover. So I, I'm going to go with yes, I don't believe that. <laughs> but you know, like it was beautiful. And like if you, if you see a beautiful house, you, you, who gets the credit for building the house? Does the house build itself? I mean, I take Ikea furniture home. I open up the box, I throw it on the floor. It has yet to assemble itself, right? <laughs> I'd like it to, because uh, sometimes those directions are a little cryptic. Uh, but but you, you, you praise the builder of the house. You go, oh, man, great job. That's why they put their, their little sign out front, you know, built by so-and-so, because you come by, you go, oh, it's a beautiful house. You're, oh, they built a beautiful house. I'm going to hire them. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, we praise the craftsman, not the craft. Uh, you know, you see a beautiful painting. You, you, you praise the artist. You know, you, you hear beautiful music. You celebrate the artist. Uh, and, and so Moses led the house of faith in the Old Testament, but Jesus built the house. You know, Jesus is better, uh, better than Moses. You know, the author is still building on that. And, you know, Moses was sort of like the goat of Judaism. Uh, he was the greatest of all time. Not an actual goat. I don't want you to, you know. But Jesus, you know, Jesus is the goat for everything. Um, I, um, does anybody remember Little Rascals? Like, not the 90s remake, but the original one. Like, that was the kind of stuff we watched on, like, Sunday afternoon, because that was, like, the only thing on TV on Sunday afternoon. Uh, some of you don't understand the struggle. Uh, but I, I remember I'd always watch, it was like, it wasn't called, like, Our Gang or Little, I, I, I don't know what it was actually called, but it was like, you know, I remember they, they do this episode, and I actually had to find it on, um, on YouTube uh, to kind of watch it a little bit because I was trying to remember. But it was like the He-Man Woman Haters Club. No girls allowed. Okay, good, you guys are laughing because some people are really offended by this. And, uh, but it was kind of, it was, it was in the 1930s version. You know, I didn't watch the 90s remake. I watched part of the clip and it's like, they definitely did something different with it. So I don't know. Uh, but it was formed by Spanky and some boys because they didn't get invited to a party. But by some girls, so like, ah, we hate women, you know. But anyway, turns out they, they liked the girls by the end. It didn't last long with Alfalfa as president because he was actually writing a love letter and everything. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. You know, we're not hating on Moses. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not the, 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 the he-man he Moses hating club. You know, Moses did a good job. 
Moses was, was really, he was God's man for the time. You know, uh, there's this story in, in Numbers 12, Aaron and Miriam are complaining about Moses, and it, it's really kind of interesting because there's actually sort of a racial undertone to, Mary, uh, to, to the complaint because he was, Moses was married to a Cushite, and there, so there, there's, it would be fun to unpack that sometime in a group, but there's this kind of, this pushback against him, like, and so God speaks up, and it says, you know, it says, verse 3 says, now Moses was very humble, and then the Lord calls together Moses, Aaron, Miriam, and says, you know, hey, three of you out of here, and it says, calls out to me, he says, now listen to what I say, if there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he's the one I trust. I speak with him face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is, so why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? So Moses, he's number one in, in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. Moses is the goat. <laughs> in part because he is, you know, more humble than any person on earth. And, you know, God reveals himself to him. So, and Moses is, you know, he, Moses was certainly faithful in God's house servant. His work uh, is an illustration of the truths that God would reveal later. So Moses was faithful in the job that God gave him. You know, uh, you know he chose God versus the, the pleasure and the treasure of Egypt. You know, we're going to get to that later, you know, in Hebrews. You know, you know he, he was raised in a household. He could have chosen that, but instead he associates himself with his, with his people. Uh, you, you know, he foretold plagues and salvation through the Passover lamb. He entered the Red Sea. You know, he reflected God's glory. <laughs> you know, he delivered the law. He pointed ultimately to Jesus. Good stuff. Now, he did kind of mess up a little bit. Um, uh, you know, he wasn't perfect. Numbers 20, he messes up and doesn't get to go in the promised land. Um, maybe we'll bring that up, but not now. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Moses is this model of faith for the Jewish people. You know, they would have had a WWMD, you know, bracelet on. What would Moses do? Come on, that was good. <laughs> Man. Uh, <laughs> No love for that. Uh, but you know, his, his work, but it says this, it says his work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. And that's something we talk about a lot here. Is, you know, like we did communion last week, right? Was it last week? Two weeks ago? My gosh, I'm not good with dates and time, am I? It really was two weeks ago? It was last week. <laughs> None, okay. For once, I'm not the disorganized one. I had it right. <laughs> you know, communion last week, <laughs> uh, you know, and it was based on, do you remember, the Passover meal. And so Moses gives us the Passover meal, and the idea was that the lamb, the, the, the lamb was slain, there's blood over door, it, you know, it saves the people from death. But, you know, the greater truth we see in the New Testament is that points to Christ. He's the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. You know, and we can all avoid death when we put our faith in him. And so the, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, which Moses gives us a, a chunk of it, is pointing to the fact that we have forgiveness in Christ. And so, you know, his work was an illustration of the truths, you know, that God would reveal later. And so we see a bigger picture in the New Testament. But, but it says this, but it says, but Christ as the son is in charge of God's entire house and we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. You know, the son is in charge of the whole house. Christ is in charge. He runs the show. Anyone ever work for a family business? Anyone ever supervise, 
you know, a child of, the, the, uh, you work for the family business, but you have, you're supervising one of the children of the owner? Guess what? You might be the supervisor, but not for long. Because <laughs> eventually what happens with a family business, 99% of the time, it, it gets passed on to the kids. So you might even find yourself as a supervisor, <laughs> but eventually you're going to find yourself as a supervisee <laughs> because they are they, they are going to come into it and own the business and if you don't realize that it's going to be awkward at some point <laughs> you, you might be a great employee you might supervise the son but make no mistake the son inherits the business not you and so moses was a great servant but ultimately jesus is the son you know he, he you know he is the creator he is the inheritor if you will uh, and the cool thing is that we're also we are invited into that family of faith. We're invited to be brothers and sisters, and the book of Hebrews continues to paint this powerful picture of who Jesus is. And here, you know, the more you learn about Jesus, I know, I think I've said this every week uh, in Hebrews, and I probably will say it every week in Hebrews, but the more you, <laughs> the more you learn about Christ, the bigger you'll see he is. And, and as you learn about Christ, it'll change the way you live. You live differently when you see who Christ is. When you, when you see the big picture of him, you know, you're going you're gonna to look at life differently. You'll look at your struggles differently. You'll look at relationships differently. It says, you know, we are God's house. You know, we're born again through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have a new relationship with God the Father, a new inheritance. We're called into a living hope, as Peter, as Peter says. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 5 says, And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. You know, we're, we're these living stones, not two-by-fours in drywall. You know, I always, you know, you know it's funny because when, when you hear Jesus as carpenter, do you think two-by-fours in drywall, or is that just me? The actual word is, you know, it's sort of, it can also mean stonemason. So I always picture the houses being made more like stone, maybe stucco, I don't know. That's just an image I have. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so... And I, I had a friend named Charlie who was like a stonemason when we lived in Maine. Man, you ever shake a mason's hand? Not like mason, like funny hats and rituals, but like the people with the, like who actually work with stone. You ever shake their hand? It's like you think of yourself as less of a man after shaking their hand. They've got muscles you never knew that you were supposed to have. Any, anyone else? Just, just me. Just me and Bob, apparently. <laughs> Three of us, okay. <laughs> well, do I hear four? Uh, you know, and so, um, you know, Jesus was a carpenter, uh, built houses, you know, as a man, and now he's building us into something. Um, it says, you know, we're a spiritual temple. We don't go to the temple now, we are the temple. We don't go to priest, we are the priest. <laughs> and therefore, we live differently because of it. You know, Jesus is better, greater, infinitely more, infinitely better. His death makes the way for us to be adopted, and ultimately we have a Savior if we respond, um, you know, in how we live. Uh, you know, we were at the men's conference yesterday. Um, you know, we were talking about the different speakers and what we got out of it, and there was, there were some good things, but, and I'm not saying there's a bad thing here, but there's actually a good thing. I, 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 you know, I haven't read the book yet, so I'm going to put a disclaimer there. I, I read a lot of titles of books, and I get, like, an idea of what they're probably about. Who knows if that's what they're about? But I got something out of it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think the book was called, it was Mark Batterson, uh, who's a pastor over in D.C. I've got a bunch of his books on my shelf, if you want to borrow any. Um, but uh, I think the book is called Do It for a Day. 
and I'm getting nods from people who are at the conference, because you don't know, you're like, I don't know, it was something like that. But, <laughs> uh, you know, but the idea was you could do anything for a day. So like, if you struggle with faithfulness in something, could you do it for a day? And again, I haven't read the book, but I, I kind of, I was thinking about that, because sometimes, you know, you might struggle with being angry at your spouse sometimes and not acting right, right? Nobody, the only people who don't struggle with that are single people. But... <laughs> Could, could, could you live it for a day? Could you work on a day? And I think, so, you know, and someone, it reminded me of a, a saying that's, you know, uh, the, the, the idea that I was thinking earlier that, you know, long obedience in the same direction. You know, it kind of it fit under that because it's like, you know, it's, you know, one step at a time. And there's the old expression, uh, and I can't remember who said it, journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step, the single step. I don't know. Translate it from whatever language. <laughs> but point being is, you know, life is about steps. And so long obedience seems like a hard thing. Like when you're looking at like, hey, if I live 50 more years, can I live this thing out? Man, sometimes that seems hard, right? But could you do it tomorrow? Could you take that step for tomorrow? And so <laughs> um, what's your next step of faith? I mean, for some people, it's just going to be believing. You know, we, we talk about the ABCs of faith. You know, it, admit that you're a sinner. Like, admit, acknowledge that. Like, we, we're, we're kind of a little messed up. You know, and then believe that, that Jesus is God's son, that he was sent here uh, for the forgiveness of sin, for, for my sins when I put my faith in him, and then commit to, to living it. And so for some of us, first step might just be take that first step of faith. Say a little prayer, commit yourself to God, talk to us, we'll help you get on the right path. Uh, for some, some of us, maybe that, that first step is, you know, giving up a sin you hold on to. <laughs> There's whole books written, like, called Acceptable Sins. <laughs> um, it's sort of tongue-in-cheek, because you're like, it shouldn't be acceptable, because it's sin, but we do. And a lot of us, you know, it, it, I, Denise and I have been pondering this, not because we have some big sin between us, but it's, she's like my, the person I talk to the most about this. And I wonder, you know, it, it seems to me... And I'm not talking about any of you, of course, you know, but <laughs> some people sometimes have a sin and they just seem to be able to justify it without, you know, it's like, like you, it's clearly wrong. <laughs> they, they know it. I mean, there's like some things like I, I'd have, <laughs> you know, sometimes you know, maybe you're new to the faith and don't know what is and what isn't, but I often find people who kind of should know. They've taken all the classes They've been around long enough, they know, but they'll still hold on to things. Because ultimately, a lot of us can justify our own sins, even while we criticize other people's, but that's a whole other sermon for a whole other time. Uh, you, know, so, you know, is this something you're holding on to? You know, you need to give up. Uh, sometimes it's a relationship maybe you shouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> for some of us, it's accepting that we're forgiven. Uh, you know, it's, I deal with that sometimes. It's, you know, uh, when, when you're in Christ, you're forgiven of everything. Even if you did some really stupid things, because I could probably top your stupid things. <laughs> uh, and some of you said amen. <laughs> but, but, you know, some of us struggle to accept that we're forgiven. But we're forgiven in Christ. <laughs> you know, uh, so maybe your next step is just accepting that. Uh, you know, maybe it's you know, getting connected to community. That's your next step of faith. Or, or, or maybe learning to really consider Jesus daily. I, I think a lot of us, if we would, I know I made a lot out of that one little phrase in the beginning, but, but I think there's something to it. Because if we learn to consider Jesus daily, it changes the way we live. I live differently. 
because my focus is different. You know, here's, here's think, think your next step. Everybody think of a next step. Raise your hand when you're done. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's like class for like little kids. Put your head down on your desk when you have your next step. Um, <laughs> but here, do it for a day. Then do it for the next day. It's the little steps will get you to that long obedience. Take that step of faith. Take that step of obedience as you follow Jesus.